So as a follow-up to the last episode, when I speak about the various things that's happening with the SEC and the NFT community, some progress is being made. However, I realize that one of the projects that I bought into is possibly in a conundrum for exactly what we're going to do going forward, because a lot of people bought into this thing with the promise of then being able to sell a collection and getting some returns after the fact, and all the red flags for what's going on with the SEC is happening right now. So we're going to dive into that, update you what's going on with this particular project and how I feel about it. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real world value. So quite a few times on this podcast, you hear me speak about the NFT 365's Mint 365 project. Long story short, this particular project minted an NFT every single day for 365 days. The reason why I came into the know about this particular one is because when I launched my podcast, I originally thought I was the first daily NFT podcaster only to find out NFT 365 was launched a few days before I launched this podcast. Heartbroken and devastated, I ended up doing some research, ended up in the Discord figuring out exactly what's happening, where the project was going, and I was blown away by the fact that they were going to mint an NFT every single day, and then after one year, sell them as a giant mosaic. This was inspired by Beebles and how that huge collection was sold of all of his art that he made and uploaded for free online into this one big mosaic. So, of course, I was interested in this following the journey of this space for an entire year, not selling a single NFT until the end. Wherever the market goes is where the market goes. But anyone that bought into this, the season holders or the founders would then get a percentage of the sales and the percentage that was distributed to these initial holders or funders or whatever you want to call us was actually supposed to be larger than what the founder was going to keep. And uh, Brian Fanzo is the host of the podcast. He's the one that assembled all of this, had all these different things. And I must say that it was just a fun ride. I got way more than my money's worth getting into this thing. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, it was originally $365 to get the season pass because the whole play on words, 365. So it was on Rally and that platform actually went belly up. However, Everything was still going, the Discord and uh, all these different things were still going to happen. The mosaic was collected, 365 mints, just absolutely stressful ride going through all of that. I could not imagine doing a mint every single day, especially in that crazy bull market, but it was done. So as the community was looking around, looking and waiting for the sale, it just never officially came. So a lot of people are very disappointed saying, what's going on? Is this a rug pull? What exactly happened? Well, my vibes from it is I would say it is not a rug pull. Now, based on everything that I said in the SEC episode saying that they're going after these NFT projects, saying that they're unregistered securities and everything, I realized that they are caught in a rock and a hard place in the sense that what could possibly be done to, number one, stay compliant, but also keep the promise that was given to the various holders and so forth. Because remember, we went on this journey for 365 days. We're hanging out in discords. We're having game nights. We're doing all these different things. We're listening to the podcast. We're hearing him speak, pouring his heart out about various projects, how much he loves them, bringing on guests and so forth. So it was like we got to know someone over a year every single day. No different than anyone that's listening to these episodes, 500 plus episodes at this point. You kind of know what I'm like 
how I vibe and so forth, my preferences, even my mannerisms and little words and quirks and things that I say, it just becomes a part of the listening experience. So as we're growing and we're in spaces, we're doing all these different things, game nights and everything, we really got to know Fanzo and everything. So some people have been, quote unquote, heartbroken. They're saying, well, this whole thing just does not seem to line up with the person. Now, I met him at Miami NFT week. I looked him dead in the eye. I spoke to him and I got really good vibes off of the guy. I think he's a genuine person. I would not label this as a rug pull by any means of the or a stretch of the imagination. And yeah, sure, things did not work out as planned. However, this is what I'm going to say about the project. And I you could take it for whatever you want. I have no affiliation with it other than the fact that I had a season holder. So I had one of those and I was just along for the ride and communicating with them podcasters. We're in the little podcaster fraternity, if you will. We are a bunch of uh, weirdos that sit in a room and speaking to a microphone about this technology. I mean, that's pretty much as niche of a community as you could possibly get. How many people are doing that? But anywho, so when I met with him and I was speaking with him, nothing to do with this project whatsoever. We were just speaking about the space and various things and just life, the conference. And I thought it was just really, really cool to be able to speak to him. And I got a good vibe off of him. So the vibe that I also got is I understand from listening to all the episodes and speaking with him and see how he interacts is that he really does want to disappoint people. And it seems like this, the reason why there is a silence, I guess you would say, around the project and uh, where is it going, what's happening, is because ultimately at the heart of everything, we see what's happening. Influencers and people are being sued and they're brought in by the SEC for questioning, running unregistered securities, and the list goes on. I could just go name a whole bunch of people. And in this case, this is not with malicious intent. However, it doesn't matter. Sometimes when you fall into these things, whether or not you intended it to be a unregistered security or whatever, well, it could be. And in this case, I think that's where we're dancing a fine line. So I could just imagine behind the scenes that a legal team, an accounting team is looking at what the IRS is ruling and the SEC is saying, how they're going after people and fines are coming down and so forth. They're like, dude, you cannot go forward with this. I could just imagine that meeting. And of course, now you have 365 holders, and I believe it was uh, 50 founders, if I'm not mistaken, whatever that exact number was, sitting there and trying to figure out like, well, what exactly is happening? And, you know, I was in the Discord, and I think there's really... Hey, uh, what's the word? I would guess you would say some some disappointment with what's going on in the project because we've gotten to know him so well over the time. So some people feel a little bit betrayed in the sense that this is no different than any other rug pull. But I think it's a lot of unique aspects for it. And I can definitely say without a doubt that regardless if this sale goes forward or not, I definitely got my $365 worth, money's worth, absolutely. I've been to conferences, I've been to all sorts of different things, I've been involved in things that I've spent way more on and got less value out of. Now, it would be nice to recoup and be able to get everything as the initial plan was, but I think, you know, again, everything that went forward, I got more than my money's worth out of it. But here are the four options that I think could happen and potentially the only way for this to really go. Number one is just push forward anyways and go forward with the mosaic sale and split up all the revenue, if you will, amongst all those different holders. And then invite Gary Ginsler and the SEC, Uncle Sam with the IRS and all those people to come in after you. That's option number one. Doesn't sound too fun. 
Option number two is announce a change of plans. Just say, look, guys, um, the landscape has completely changed. I know there's a bear market, but that really has nothing to do with it because a lot of people are speculating and saying, maybe it's because the bear market is not going to sell for what we thought it was going to sell. And it doesn't really matter because if that was the narrative, well, it's all good. It would have fit into it. So let's say people were expecting to get their 365 or whatever it might be. And the bear market came, all those projects basically crashed down to, I don't know where they are right now, the entire value. Let's just say for the fun of it, let's just say it took 150000 200000 to purchase the whole collection. However, today it might sell for... Uh, 2000. I'm just using some simple numbers. Well, those people are not going to get the recoup once you split up the share of everything. And that might be disappointing in itself. However, it's just the game that we played. It's a part of it. So if that happened, well, oh, well, we actually got what we paid for. It just so happens that over a year it crashed. But I don't think that is really it. I think the plan or the reason why it is not announced and saying that we're going to change plans and so forth has nothing to do with the bear market. I think it really has to do with the fact that, well, we don't know how all the stuff is going to fit into compliance. So that brings us to option number three. Option number three is to retroactively become compliant. If you listen to the SEC thing that I did yesterday, just reading through the dissonance from Hester Pierce and the other commissioner, you'll hear that, well, how are people going to get retroactively compliant? That stuff is really up in the air right now. We don't know exactly where that is because remember, the rules are not even set in stone. It is not concrete. So how to become retroactively compliant when we don't even know what compliance is, uh, you know, that could be just crazy in itself. But most importantly, that's going to be an arm and a leg, way more funds than are available through this project and possibly even available at his disposal because definitely going to have to have outside funding. Does he have the bank account that can definitely fund all of this, pay these high-powered lawyers to then retroactively make this SEC compliant? Probably not. I don't know. I'm not watching anyone else's pocket, but most likely... This is not the type of thing that he could fund on his own. So what, what is he going to do? Is he going to then go out and get uh, additional help from other people? He can't really sell another uh, NFT or any kind of uh, community funding for this because that's what got us into the situation to begin with. So what is he going to do? Take out a personal loan, put his house up for mortgage? I don't know. So, I mean, that's just a crazy option in itself. But becoming compliant is not as easy as it may seem. So option number four, and I think this is where we are right now, and it is just delaying the inevitable, right? Where are we going to go from this? I don't know, but I know that listening to him, and as I said, going through the whole thing, that he really wants to make people happy, doesn't want to disappoint people, he does not like enemies, doesn't want to have people hate him for the sake of hating him, he's not a polarizing figure, and if anything, this is a little knock that I would actually say on his personality when it comes to like being a CEO or a leader of a project or whatever it might be, is I think he really cares more about what people think about him than is probably... Uh, best suited for someone who is in a position like that to lead a massive type of uh, organization. For example, we have the Elons of the world, the Mark Zuckerbergs, of course, uh, back in the day, Steve Jobs with Apple and all these people. And they have very polarizing personalities. And for the most part, it seems like they do not care whether people like them or not. They just make the decision that they think is the best business decision for their companies. And I don't think he has that personality trait. Now, this is not a knock on him. 
we are who we are. Some people actually love the validation of people, want to be praised and all these different things. So I don't think that he was actually selling some pipe dream. I think this is truly what he believes. The slogan, we are greater than me, all of those different things. It's like a kumbaya type of feeling, but it is what it is. I think this is what he truly believes and really wanted to build going forward. No rug pulls, open transparency, uh, talk everything out, just do it break things, fix it as we go, and so forth. And all of those things combined really put him into the situation. Well, now, what are we going to do? How can we possibly make people like us at the same time when we broke things and we're trying to build these things to do something very aspirational? And uh, that led us to this, delaying the inevitable. Which one are we going to do? Just go forward and have the SEC and everybody else come after us? Number two, announce the change of plan. Say, look, we can't go forward with this and have everyone absolutely hate you. Or number three, try to be retroactively compliant. And again, the funds aren't there to do that. So where is that going to come from? I have no idea. So right now where we are as a community, as a project, the Discord is pretty much quiet like most Discords. You can see Tumbleweed rolling through the Discords because there's no people there. That is how it is for the most part. A lot of people are like, a lot of uh, communities and projects are like that at this moment. This used to be one of the most active and vibrant Discords in all of Web3. But like most of them, the channel numbers have been condensed. No one's really in there anymore. And it's just a completely different place. But I think the big thing that people are burned about or spurred about or whatever the word is, is that there just is a lack of communication. We don't know exactly what's going on. But again, I would not label this as a rug pull. I would not. There is a rug pull, which I believe has to have malicious intent. Whether this was from the beginning where... At day one, they just knew that they had malicious intent to um, get people's money and then not deliver on anything, but just pump up the value and get rich. Or there is the type of rug pull where over time that became the intent. It's like, yeah, we just got to get out of this, save our shirts and take our money. And I don't think it fits into either of those rug pulls, the slow rug pull or the uh, malicious intent from day one rug pull. Now, where they just pull the money out of the contract or do something crazy. like None of those fits this. So I think this is just a startup company or a startup operation, an idea. He pushed the button, he launched it, and then trying to build the plane mid-flight found out that there's a lot of compliance regulations and all sorts of things that were not thought about or even known previously. So what are we going to do going forward? I don't know. I think at the end of the day, if nothing else, once the podcast starts back up, I believe he said he was taking a break for the fall and all sorts of things. He's spending some time with his daughters. It's the summer and all those things. I think it's going to then open up the opportunity for him to get on the mic, really explain what's going on. And until then, I just wouldn't really cast any judgment. And I know it sucks, especially if you're someone who bought, let's say, one of the $5,000 ones or whatever, and you just didn't get necessarily what you thought you were buying into. And it's just, it just really shows like this space, we're learning it as we go. We're all early. We're figuring this stuff out. We are training the next generation that's going to have it a lot better than we do. When I say the next generation, I don't mean the children below us. What I mean is the next wave, the next bull cycle when people are coming in and building things. Well, they're going to look at this time and say, wow, okay, 
We're not going to do that. We know what went wrong there, and we're going to adapt on that and build on the shoulders of these giants that did make it through. So love to hear your thoughts, comments on that. Please feel free to reach out to me. We're all over the place with this. But as usual, you can find me at Tropic Vibes on X. Contact information is in the show notes. Would love to have that conversation continued. But I want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.